Hey everybody, welcome to the Easy Does It podcast. I'm Mary Morgan, your host today. I'm here inside Studio DM in lovely South Florida with my handsome husband, David. Hi, David. Hey, Mary. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, what do we have planned for today? We got a lot of things planned for today. Okay. Um, first of all, we're going to revisit Frankie and Val again. If you uh, listened to our uh, show from last week, we... Uh, had a little fun with a skit, so I hope that you stick around and listen to Frankie and Val on one of their new adventures. Frankie and Val, the vegan couple. That's right. Okay, very uh-huh, good. Uh huh. All right, and the the the, the Frankie and Val episode will be playing a little later, right? Yeah, at the uh, later part of the show. And, and stay which, tuned for that. Okay, and which coming before that? Um, well, before that. And we've talked about doing this, and um, we found a guest for our show. Nice. Yes. Um, she's going to share a beautiful story. Her name is also Mary, spelled M-E-R-R-E. And I'm interviewing her, Dave's right? going to interview That's her. Right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so you'll get a lot out of that. Um, so please stay tuned and listen to the show today. Okay, that sounds really good. And uh, I can't wait to interview Mary. And so, so what, uh, what do you have for us right now? Well, you wanted to uh, announce about our new... Um, our new website. Yes, our new website. That's right. We have a new website, everyone. Um, and the URL or the do- the web address is uh, easydoesitpodcast.com. And uh, we just launched it. And on the website, uh, we have quite a few things. We have our blog. We have uh, our current podcast, of course. So you can listen to this from our website. Plus, we have all our uh, past podcasts where uh, if you haven't listened to them, you can uh, catch up uh, on the journey of what's been going on with Easy Does It Podcast. Uh, also, um, we have a little bit about who we are. And, uh, you know, and on the blog, you can always uh, post your comments. Um, and what we plan on doing on the blog is, you know, maybe giving a little bit of the inside scoop of of what's going on with our podcast. So again, that's easydoesitpodcast.com. I also wanted to mention, Mary, uh, uh-huh. before we get started, that last week we did, um, actually not last week, our last episode, we had an, uh, a really great response. Uh, we had a lot of listeners, uh, people uh, giving us support. And uh, so I just want to thank all our listeners and everyone who comes to our website. We also have our Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash studio DM. Or you can just do a search for um, Easy Does It Podcast on Facebook, and you should find us. And I think that's all the announcements I have for today. Okay. All right, then right now what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to read out of the Daily Reflections. Okay. And um, after that, we'll go right into uh, Dave's interview with Mary. Okay, great. Thanks. So here's the Daily Reflections for today. It's called Free at Last. Another great divided we may expect, I'm sorry, another great dividend we may expect from confiding our defects to another human being is humility, a word often misunderstood. It amounts to a clear recognition of what and who we really are, followed by a sincere attempt to become what we could be. 
That's out of 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 58. Then it says, I knew deep inside that if I were ever to be joyous, happy, and free, I had to share my past life with some other individual. The joy and relief I experienced after doing so were beyond description. Almost immediately after taking the fifth step, I felt free from the bondage of self and the bondage of alcohol. That freedom remains after 36 years a day at a time. I found that God could do for me what I could not do for myself. Love that last line. Very good. Um, I really like that reading as well. Me too. Okay, so um, at this time, we're going to go ahead and um, uh, get our guest on the ready? show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get her ready. And, and when we come back, we'll uh, have the interview. Very good. Okay. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, I'm here with my friend, Mary. Um, um, she's a friend of mine in recovery. Um, and we met in a really interesting way. But before I say anything, I just want to say, hey, Mary, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. You look great. You look great. I know our audience can't see you. We're, we're doing a, a, a Google meeting and recording our, our um, session here. But so I just want to say you look great. And um, I want to thank you for accepting our invitation to speak today. And, um, you know, we're, we're all about recovery. But um, now, Mary, as I was saying, we met in a really, really cool way. Um, actually, somewhat cool. I mean, when we take the, uh, the, the bright side of, of the dark, uh, we, we met due to COVID-19. Um, we, of course, we all know we had to stay at home order and, you know, a lot of us in recovery started, you know, scrambling to do the online meetings and that kind of stuff. And I, I found this great meeting, um, uh, from the beginning, uh, and it's been, it's a phone meeting actually. And it's, um, and I stuck with it and, and I'm really grateful. I'm really glad I stuck with this meeting. Uh, not only did it work my schedule, but I met some really great people and people that I have never met in person. And I think that's fascinating. Mary's one of these um, really uh, great people that I met. And, um, you know, she, she's very uh, she's very passionate about recovery. She um, she does, uh, you know, she does the online. I, I follow her on um, the Facebook group that she invited me to. She's an administrator. So she's doing she's doing her service work. And and it's really great to see. I'm really I'm really happy that I was uh, I was able to meet Mary. And we have never met in person, but we've been doing this since early March, I believe. It, it, would you say that, Mary, early March or mid-March? Yeah. Yeah, it was in the beginning of March when all this very first started happening, the COVID nineteen. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right, and I and I and I saw this. Uh, I saw this link to a phone meeting, uh, my first day when I started looking for it. And uh, like again, like I said, I was. I'm, I'm real grateful. I'm real happy. I found this phone meeting, and we've stuck. We've stuck with it. And uh, Mary's been on. She's on this meeting just about every night. Um, but you know what, 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 um, why I asked her to speak is because, you know, I hear her every night and she has a great message um, and she's passionate about recovery. Um, so with that, um, I've invited her today to speak on the Easy Does It podcast to share her experience, strength and hope. So with that, I give you Mary. 
Hi, everyone. I, I want to first thank God for this opportunity. And I also want to thank Dave and Mary for inviting me to be on their podcast. And I'm honored and humbled to be here. So before I begin my story, I'm giving it to God because without him, I would not even be here to tell it. The things that I've lived through have killed other people. So today I share my story with a heart full of gratitude. My name is Mary and I'm 43 years young and I have battled a lifelong addiction that began at age four and a half when I was drugged against my own will or even knowledge of what was being done to me. And I was groomed for the purpose of being exploited. By age five, I was taking sips out of my dad's, my mom's and my grandparents' alcoholic drinks. I still to this day remember that warm, fuzzy feeling that first sip gave me. It touched a spot in my wounded soul, and I was instantly in love. So a little bit of background on me. I grew up in a home with my mom and my dad and my brother. And my brother, he's five and a half years older than me. My dad was an alcoholic. He drank every single day of my life. But he was what one would call a functional alcoholic. He drank at home. He, drink, he would drink from the moment he got home from work until he passed out for the night. He'd drink on the weekends while he did the yard work and cleaned his trucks and cars and motorcycles, but he functioned. He ran and owned his own business for about 35 years until he got sick. He was never out at the bars. He drank at home. He never missed a day of work. He never missed a holiday with his family due to his drinking. Well, physically speaking, but you know, emotionally, he wasn't completely present. But my dad, he never got in any trouble and he never went to jail behind his drinking. He never lost anything because of his drinking. Well, nothing material anyway. He did lose his mind and his life in the end because of his drinking. My dad died to alcoholism at age 63. He was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's dementia directly related to his alcoholism. So he got wet brain. And because it was early onset, yeah, he was given five years to live. And, and it was five years to a T. And every year, I mean, the progression of this thing was horrible. He deteriorated in a worse and worse way until the very last year he was incontinent and bedridden. And, you know, I say a lot, I don't know what's worse to watch someone live as an alcoholic or die as one. But what I can say is that either way, it's extremely sad and it's heartbreaking. But before any of that, as a child and, and growing up in an alcoholic home so full of dysfunction, it all seemed a normal, a normal functional way of life to me. I never knew that my dad's drinking wasn't normal. No one told me. And, and I certainly didn't know what an alcoholic was. And my mom, she was a workaholic and she was also codependent. So she was always hiding that elephant in the closet. And not only did my mom work during the day as a teacher, while I was at school, but she'd bring her work home every day also. So after school every day and on the weekends, she'd be busy sitting at the kitchen table, grading papers and preparing lesson plans. And she also did the accounting for my dad's business at that table. You know, I just remember her always at the table. And I can remember as a child trying to get her to play with me, but a lot of times she, you know, she was just too busy working. And I recognized that my mom didn't drink in the way that my dad did. You know, she had occasional drinks, mostly at our family functions, but not every day like my dad did. Now, my, my brother, who's five and a half years older than me, and, you know, I was never really resentful at my mom or my dad because it just seemed the norm. 
but I've had to work through some pretty deep seated anger and, and hurt toward him, which I now understand. He also grew up in this same alcoholic dysfunctional home. Therefore he had his own issues, but you know, I was the baby and I was the baby girl and to him growing up, I was nothing more than a spoiled little brat. And that's what he told me and called me over and over again throughout my whole childhood. I'd say about like nine out of 10 times, all I ever got from him was a get out, a get away, a go away, and a door slammed in my face. You know, so with all my family being busy, for the most part, doing their own things early on as a child, I began to find my own things to do as well. But before I get into that, I'm, I'm going to back up just a little bit. And what stands out to me in my childhood memories is my parents and my grandparents. They're fancy, really pretty little cups filled up with something that the adults drink. My mom's cup always had a toothpick with two or three green olives floating around in the drink. Now, I hated green olives. They, they were never like delicious to me, but yet I always had to have that toothpick with the olives on it when she was done with her drinks. And I always got it too. You know, it was never the green olives I wanted. It was me wanting them because for one, they were in that adult glass. And for two, because I could taste that alcohol in them and I loved it. I loved the alcohol. I used to always have some sips of my dad's beers too, and they weren't as good. They were gross and they weren't as pretty, but because he'd let me, like I could just have sips and I loved alcohol from that first sip. I loved the way it made me feel from age five on. And I began taking sips out of all of their cups, just every chance I got. So, you know, the progression of this thing, whew, it was progressing over my childhood. I can remember every family vacation we took, we would all pack our suitcases, my parents' little black suitcase with the red velvet inside and the pretty little crystal glasses and the silver shot glasses and the alcohol, the portable bar, it always came along too. So, you know, back to my family being too busy and me finding my own stuff to do, I always played outside. I'd ride my bike or play in the woods across the street from where I lived. We had just lots and lots of woods. So I love to go out there and build tree forts. I, I would just get lost in the woods. It took me away from all my cares. And when I got into the first grade and was about seven years old, I met a girl who lived a couple streets over. She was a year older than me. And um, there was a shopping plaza right across the canal behind where I lived. So by the time I was nine, I started stealing from stores with her. She was a pretty bad influence on me. And she also used to bully me pretty hard. So I do whatever, you know, she would do, but I also did it just because I wanted to fit in, you know, growing up in that alcohol and dysfunction, I, I never felt like I fit in anywhere and I would do anything if it meant I could fit in with somebody or somewhere or with people. So, you know, at nine years old, I can remember that first time I stole from the store, the rush I got. And that feeling that went along with it, it, it was almost that same feeling that alcohol gave me that first time. And I loved stealing and I started doing it every chance I got. And I mean, I would steal anything from little strings to make bracelets or just stupid things, things I didn't even want. I would steal just to steal. I would do it when I was with my mom at stores and she never knew. You know, when I told her about it later in life, she just can't believe the things I did that she she never noticed. But she was so busy with my dad and, and I mean, she was a good mom and she, she loved me and she, she spoiled me materialistically, but growing up in that type of alcoholic home, the emotional needs are not met. 
So I've, you know, struggled with emotions my whole life and I, I still do to this day, but I'm aware of them. So I, I work on these things daily. So by age 10, I was starting to become a pyromaniac in the woods I played in. I used to like to, to light little fires in the woods. And one time I almost caught the whole woods on fire. The fire got out of control, but, you know, I started to love to play with fire and, by age 10, I also first tried drugs, and this time it was by my own choice. So as I said, you know, starting to sip at age five out of my parents' and grandparents' cup, the progression by age 13, when kids were normally drinking, but I wanted to drink the whole bottle or the whole case. So at age 13 is actually when I had my first blackout drunk. And by age 18, I was in full-blown addiction. I was even ripping and running in the streets, the hood. Um, in my addiction, I've had a partial stroke. I've had two overdoses where I almost died. And I was beat down out there in the streets in the hospital material by a man almost four times my size. But I refused to go in the ambulance unless I could first run around the corner to grab my belongings. My belongings were actually an attempt to get one last fix before I went to the hospital. Needless to say, the ambulance left without me. And that's just, you know, the beginning of where my hell really began. And the worse and worse and worse things continued to happen to me. I was in and out of detoxes, psych wards, hospitals, rehabs, and jail 22 times over 25 straight years. I've spent years of my life locked up, missing countless holidays, birthdays, birthdays of mine and my kids, and life moments with my children and family. Right now, I do have a total of nine years and eight months of sobriety, but it's not consecutively. My first period of sobriety was for almost five years. It was like a week before five years, and I relapsed, and it was right after my dad died. You know, by the grace of God, those that first five years of sobriety I had, I had it while my dad was sick and dying. And because of that gift of sobriety, I was able to be there to help my mom take care of him and he didn't have to go to hospice and he got to die in his own house. Um, that relapse was half that long. It was a two and a half year run um, with a lot more going back to jail and just everything that goes along with the nightmare of living in alcoholism and addiction. But um, I then got two years of sobriety. Then I relapsed for eight months. The last period of sobriety I just had was for two and a half years, but I had a relapse, which lasted six months. So as of right now, I have a little over two months, but I, I'll say this about me. One thing about me is I will never give up and I will never quit fighting for my recovery, for my own sake, for the sake of my three children, my family, and for those who love me. You know, I hear people say you have to do it for yourself first, and, and I believe that, and, and if that's, that's fine if that's what works for them. But I fight daily for all of these reasons combined, and I keep God first above all these reasons. People have asked me, well, what comes first, God or sobriety? I don't separate the two, because without God, I wouldn't be sober, nor could I stay sober. And without my sobriety, I just don't choose God. You know, I prayed so many times to die, to escape that misery that I could not escape. And I had a few suicide attempts. But today, I thank God every day that I'm alive. You know, sobriety, it didn't give me my life back. It gave me a whole new life with purpose. It's given me my children back. Um, in six weeks, I'll be graduating with my bachelor's degree. 
in my concentration is as an addiction specialist. And then I plan to go for my master's to become a licensed mental health counselor so I can help people who struggle with addiction, mental health issues, and trauma. And I know that none of my dreams coming true could have been possible without recovery. You know, I just want everyone to know anyone who, you know, is struggling with this themselves or who has a family member who's struggling with alcoholism or addiction, there's no such thing as a hopeless addict. If there is a breath of life in their body, there's hope. Miracles happen every day. And I know this because I am one. Um, I, if I had a few, if I have a few more minutes, Dave and Mary, I just wanted to read a poem that I wrote back in 2007. Sure. Go, go, go right ahead, Mary. I'd love to hear it. Okay. It's called, I'm tired. So, Hey addiction, I'm tired. You may have once had me cornered and you may have once had me strapped, but you no longer have me in bondage and you no longer have me trapped because I'm tired. I'm tired of being in such a dark land and no one to comfort me or to hold my hand. I'm tired of walking through hell, sleet and snow. I'm tired of me still being wherever I go. I'm tired of running from the devil's brand. I'm tired of sinking into the quicksand. I'm tired of life's hurricanes, tornadoes and storms. I'm tired of being eaten up by the worms. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of tears. I'm tired of no sleep and living nightmares. I'm tired of running into a brick wall. I'm tired of picking myself up only to fall. I'm tired of walking on broken glass. I'm tired of failing when I know I can pass. I'm tired of being a slave to sin. I'm tired of losing when I know I can win. I'm tired of this madness. I'm tired of this game. I'm tired of doing things differently and the results being the same. I'm tired of hurting the people who care. I'm tired of neglecting my family and not being there. I'm tired of thistles. I'm tired of thorns. I'm tired of sandspurs and people with horns. I'm tired of incarcerations. I'm tired of jail. I'm tired of sleeping on a bed of nails. I'm tired of being tired and I'm tired of pain. I'm tired of being stuck in the cold pouring rain. I'm tired of fakeness. I'm tired of lies. I'm tired of hypocrites. I'm tired of second tries. I'm tired of all the drama. I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of misfortune and so-called bad luck. I'm tired of people playing games and people playing trips, tricks. I'm tired of all the hellish mind trips. I'm tired of mockers. I'm tired of abuse. I'm tired of hearing the same old excuse. I'm tired of anger. I'm tired of hate. I'm tired of being locked inside the wrong gates. I'm tired of being so all alone. I'm tired of being out on the roam. I'm tired of being lost looking around and not one person who truly cares to be found. I'm tired of wallowing in the muck and the mire. I'm tired of getting burned by the fire. I'm tired of not being able to see. I'm tired of getting stung by the bee. I'm tired of dead ends. I'm tired of false friends. I'm tired of everything being pretend. I'm tired of selfish people so full of pride. I'm tired and I want to get off of this ride. I'm tired of standing still, tired of speed, tired of going too slow in my time of need. I'm tired of trudging through slosh and through mud. I'm tired of feeling that my life is one big dud. I'm tired of being tossed and I'm tired of being turned. I'm tired of all the lessons unlearned. I'm tired of being a victim of the game, feeling so empty and so full of shame. I'm tired of being lost in the wilderness, living in sin. I'm tired of feeling like I am forever trapped in. I'm tired of the jungle. I'm tired of outer space. I'm tired of hell. I'm tired of that place. I'm tired of being in the desert, dying of thirst. I'm tired of trying to do my best and keep doing my worst. I'm tired of the waves that keep crashing me down. 
I'm tired of all the sadness and all the lonely frowns. I'm tired of loneliness. I'm tired of despair. I'm tired of greediness and you owe when they share. I'm tired of being trampled over and then stepped on. I'm tired of the life I once had being gone. I'm tired of being taken advantage of and being tried time and time again. I'm tired of trying to get somewhere and ending up where I first began. I'm tired of going in circles to keep getting nowhere. I'm tired of sneakiness and how wicked stare. I'm tired of having a gorilla on my back. I'm tired of falling into the same trap. I'm tired of people taking when I'm willing to give. I'm tired of having to fight just to live. I'm tired of the wicked being on the prowl. I'm tired of hearing the wild dogs growl. I'm tired of wolves, they stay in a pack. I'm tired of defending myself from every oncoming attack. I'm tired of hearing the lions roar. I am so tired of all the closed doors. I'm tired of slithering snakes in the grass. The next chance I get to pick up, I'm going to pass. That's pretty much it. That's my story. Thank you uh, that was, for this opportunity. That was great, Mary. That was great. I love your poem. Thank you for that. Um, and it, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting the poem, but it was good. Um, there's, there's a lot that I can relate to, um, especially being a slave, you know, to addiction, to alcoholism. Um, and as we know, recovery, we find that freedom. And um, um, so that, that was really good. Um, and, I, and, I, and I really appreciate you uh, coming on today and sharing that with us. Um, wow. Wow, uh, very profound, very profound. That's a beautiful smile you got there. Uh, thank, thank you for smiling, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I tell you, there's some of your story I can, I can really relate to. Um, there's something about addiction and, you know, alcoholism, because um, I did the same thing. Um, you know, like, um, you know, I, 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 at one point I turned to stealing. I wasn't very good at it, though. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was 13 and I got caught shoplifting in a department store in New York. And, oh, my God, I, I, that was that was something. And it leads. And, and I did the same thing, you know, uh, as far as, you know, I, I'll never forget the day I I uh, in the back of the football field, I lit the woods on fire. You know, so, so what is it about us alcoholics and addicts that we want to do these crazy things, you know, um, but you know what? Um, it is because I, I also came from, uh, you know, an alcoholic family. Um, so so I can relate. But, you know, there's you know, your story gives me a lot of hope. And um, and for our listeners and uh, the people who are just coming around, um, going into treatment, I'm just getting out of treatment. And um, there's a lot of hope. Um, and we, we all need to stick together. And, and that's for sure. Um, I, um, you know, uh, you know, as as you know, you know, PSL is starting to slowly, you know, open up again. And I was I went to a meeting, uh, my home group, actually, this morning. And uh, it was good to see all the uh, the usual faces um, that I haven't seen since March. But, you know, our group, our group, I don't even know what we call it, the 7 p.m. phone meeting. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, there's, a, there's everyone in that group is amazing. We, we are miracles. And, um, you know, I, I, I shared about our group this morning um, because, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, um, I, 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 I've come accustomed. It's uh, one thing. It's become a good habit. 
it's become a good habit to, to, to go to a meeting every day. And I know for me, I say every day, but I've, I've gone a lot. I, it's, you know, I miss a day here and there, and that's okay. Um, but it's good to know that we can we can turn to the phone and we can have a meeting. Oh, my goodness. And, and we all uh, – I've just grown very fond of you, uh, you know, you and the rest of the – the, the group that, that you know it's a small group but it's been so it's been so intimate and it's been you know it's refreshed my my mind body and soul like every day you know so um and and also you 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 shared some really good stuff and um and, and i'm glad i got to hear your story um so I, I i know a little bit about more about you um i know one day that hopefully our group will meet in person uh, but the, you know, that's a that's a miracle too. It's a miracle how um, this this crazy pandemic, you know, brought some people together. Yeah. You know, uh, it brought us together, and uh, you know, we 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 may have been at the same meeting one day, and we wouldn't even known and just walked by each other, that kind of thing. But we really, you know, today I, I really believe that we really come to know each other. God put us put us all together, and I believe that, and there's a reason for all of it. So, um, Mary, that was great. That was thank great. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, I do want to thank you for coming on the show today. And, um, I think we're gonna, um, we're gonna go ahead and move on. And, um, and thanks again. Was there anything, um, that you wanted to share? Anything else? Um, um, no, just on the last thing you said about, you know, the good coming out of the, the pandemic that just shows that good can come out of the bad. You just, you know, you have to look for it and fight for it and work for it. And I just want to thank you and Mary again for having me. It was an honor. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And, and I want to, I want to just add this, uh, you know, uh, God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Amen. And God, yeah. God, God put us together. So uh, yeah. I want to thank God for that. All right, Mary, uh, thanks again for being on the show, um, on our podcast, and uh, looking forward to our next meeting, and really looking forward when we can all get together and, uh, you know, give each other a, a hug or whatever, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Each other. All right, very good. Day, you guys. You too, you too. Thank you. Uh -huh. Bye-bye now. Okay, we're going to go ahead and check in with uh, Val and Frankie, our longtime married couple who have gone vegan putting together their grocery shopping list during this pandemic bread milk olives eggs hold on you're going too fast can't write that well hurry up frankie milk bread come on i got that already i'm up to the age you're making me lose my train of thought now frankie read it to me <sighs> milk bread, olives, and eggs so far. And add toothpaste, ginger ale, butter, apples, pears, cucumbers. What came after the apples? Pears. And then what? Pears. And then cucumbers. Pay attention, Frankie, or you're going to screw up the whole thing at the store. Go slower, I said. Tin foil, peanut butter, oranges, grapes, soap. Can you just give me a list in sections? I'm going to be running all over the store following this list. And my mask is going to be falling down to my chin. I can't stand that. What's wrong with you, Frankie? Figure it out yourself from what's on the list. I don't understand you. If you're going to call, call out grapes and oranges, why do you jump from that to toilet paper and then back to apples and pears? 
I call it as it comes to me, Frankie. Why are you making this so difficult? We've been doing this for 10 years. And that's why it needs to stop today. Today it needs to stop. And what's so special, may I ask, about today? Today is... What? Today is the day I don't lose five pounds swinging around the store like a schmucko. Got it? Today is the day I want things organized. You waited ten years to get that off your chest, Frankie? Don't start. Are you done being an ass? You want to take down the items that we need or not? Only if you compartmentalize it. If I had the strength, Frankie, I'd bop a good one on the side of your head. A nice bop. <sighs> Bread, milk, olives, eggs, toilet paper, ginger ale, butter, apples, pears, cucumbers, tinfoil, peanut butter, oranges, grapes, soap. And what else does the giant ass have to get? The ass has to get cranberries, Frankie, liquid tide, and peanuts. 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 What's wrong with you? I forgot I almost died. You for, you forgot I almost died from eating peanuts last <laughs> week. I choked in the kitchen. Fell, fell over on the table. Nothing? You didn't tell me that you choked last week, Frankie. Of course I did. I almost died on those stupid peanuts you made me buy. Well, get them because it extends your health. I'm going. I'm going now. Is that it? You go so fast, I can't remember. Read it all back to me. I'd rather, rather read this paper before reading it all back to you. Go. You'll be going back out for whatever we left out, Frankie. Fine. Fine. Okay, everybody. That wraps up our show for this episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Until next time, bye-bye.